Hi, welcome back to NBA with Dalton. Today we're going to be talking about the Kings offseason, Lakers locker room drama, most impressive rookies and rookie of the year, and my most surprising players of the season. So, starting off with the Lakers, or with the Kings offseason, um, I think there's a couple moves they really need to make here um, in the offseason to solidate their team and have a better shot at making a playoff run next year. And I think the first thing they need to do is go grab a better defensive big, like going in and grabbing a Andre Drummond, Hassan Whiteside, or um, Mitchell Robinson, who all three of those guys are restrict unrestricted free agents this summer. And that's pretty big. Um, those are some pretty good centers in the league. Some of the guys I would trust with my starting center spot. If I were the Kings, that's who I would go for. Um... Rashawn Holmes, he's just, he's a great offensive center, and I think having a, um, your star postman and DeMontis Sabonis, who is not good defensively at all, you need to take a shot at getting someone who's better in paint defense, um, so going after one of these three guys, I think would really be key, um, there's not a lot of centers available in the free agents, free agency this year. Um, I think what you need to do is also make sure Dante DiVincenzo doesn't go sign with another team. He's restricted, so it's up to them. But I really think they need to keep him like locked in like they need him. They need him for their perimeter defense. Um, I think also going after another wing player, um, Kyle Anderson, who can also play a little bit of the four for you, would not be a bad pickup at all. I actually think that would be a very good pickup for your team if you are the Sacramento Kings, and then um, for a veteran presence, I think you could pick up pick up Victor Oladipo as well to play outside on the wing, someone who would have a little bit more of a voice on here. Um, I mean, they have some veterans, of course. Um, Harrison Barton sitting at about 29. Um, you've got a little bit of older guys. Jeremy Lamb, who's about 29 as well, I believe. Alex Land, and uh, stuff like that. But I definitely think... Um, that's where I see this team needing to go is a better defensive big and um, making sure Dante DiVincenzo doesn't leave for sure. And, I mean, if you kept Rashawn Holmes as a backup center, I don't think that would be bad. Sitting here averaging about 10 points, 5 rebounds per game. Or 7 rebounds, sorry. Um, I don't think that's bad at all. So I think that's about the route I would go if I were the Kings is to maybe keep Rashawn Holmes as my backup big and then pick up someone who's better defensively to start alongside DeMontis Sabonis. Um, I don't really know who they could trade for if they did do a trade with uh, Rashawn Holmes. I don't really know who's in the market for him. Um, but I'm sure they'll figure it out. But, you know, I think one thing that could really save this team is if DeMontis Sabonis um, dedicated more time to getting better defensively if he got better defensively, I think that would make him really an elite player that would take the next step for him to be a superstar instead of just a star. Um, so I think if he really took that route of getting better defensively, then you would see the best Amata Sabonis we've seen so far, which I only think he's going to get better sitting here. He's played 15 games for the Kings, averaging 19 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. I mean putting up really great numbers don't get me wrong but 
if he was de- if he was better defensively, he would be a superstar, and I think that would really up the Kings' chances as well. Um, seeing De'Aaron Fox really just step up in a big way since the Tyrese Halliburton trade, and I think there's big reasons for that. I think, you know, them trading Tyrese Halliburton showed De'Aaron Fox, hey, they still want me to be the guy. I think when they brought in Tyrese, maybe he felt a little bit like, oh, okay, well, do you not trust me anymore? Do you not want me anymore? And I honestly thought they were going to go the route trading De'Aaron Fox and keeping Tyrese. But I'm kind of glad they um, kept De'Aaron Fox and traded Tyrese Halliburton, which a lot of people don't agree with. But I think De'Aaron Fox really just needs to be the guy to turn around this Kings team. I think long-term fit, Tyrese was better. But I think De'Aaron Fox, I think they're really wanting to start to develop now. I think that's why we saw them trade for Sabonis. They have Harrison Barnes averaging... 17 points, you know, um, I mean, if they got rid of Harrison Barnes next year, I don't think that would be a bad move, but, you know, he's a, I think he will still be a great 15 plus points per game scorer next year, he can do it efficiently, he can do it great, um, you know, just playing that small forward spot for you, just right there on that wing, low kick out to him, I mean, De'Aaron Fox averaging about six assists as well, I'm surprised he's not a little higher, I think I'd like to see De'Aaron Fox facilitate a little better as well, um, and then going into this, um, I just, I mean, I'm going to look at some more free agents here real quick and see maybe um, if they signed Robert Covington, I think that'd be big defensively for them as well. A um, little bit of a backup for DeMontis Sabonis. I could really see that working out. Or even going, I mean, you're losing Jeremy Lamb, so a shooting guard, shooting guard small forward. So I think that's where you kind of come in with maybe a... I mean, Kyle Anderson's listed as small forward. He plays about small forward and power forward. So I wouldn't replace um, Jeremy Lamb with um, Kyle Anderson, but I would replace Jeremy Lamb with probably someone like... Mm, I don't know. That's kind of tough. Um, maybe if Colin Sexton, if the um, Cavs let him walk, like I believe they will, I, I think you could really go pick up Colin Sexton for this team. I think him and De'Aaron Fox would fit along, great alongside each other, but he's going to want some money. So, um, And I don't think they should really pay him as much as he's going to want. Maybe Bren Forbes. I could see Bren Forbes next to um, De'Aaron Fox working out well, um, unrestricted. But I'm sure Denver will bring him back. He's he's young. you know. He has potential to be a solid role player for you. Um Seeing DiVincenzo here, you really just need to crack down and make sure DiVincenzo does not slip away from you. Um, I understand if the salary's a little too big letting him walk, okay, but if it's affordable, I would still keep him. But also be smart in keeping how much you think you need to really build this team because you're going on 16 years without playoffs. Like, you really got to turn this around soon, man. Um, looking maybe for another veteran presence they could add here. Um, which, if they picked up Hassan Whiteside, or even Drummond's a young player, uh, 29, I, I don't think Drummond would be a bad pickup at all. Um, and Hassan Whiteside, you know. Uh, and you could probably get both those centers at an affordable price, and I think that would be good. But um, maybe Otto Porter Jr. to replace Lamb off the bench for a shooter. 
I don't think that'd be bad at all. He gives you a little bit more length as well. Um, yeah, so I really think maybe Wesley Matthews, um, but he's getting older, so maybe, and then you may look for someone to back up, um, I mean, you have Davion Mitchell, but maybe another guard to come off the bench for De'Aaron Fox as well, Gary Payton II, um, don't think would be a bad pickup, he's young, I guess he's not young, he's 29, I guess I didn't realize that when I talked about them the other day. He got an old quick, I guess, yeah, because he used to be on Portland, I think. I think that's where Gary Payton started off. I may be wrong. I'm going to look real quick, but no, Milwaukee. He was never on Portland. I don't know why I thought he was on Portland then. Hmm. Has not really played much through his career, but, uh, okay. Sorry, well. That makes me look bad because I didn't realize where he played, but I'm not going to edit that out. I mean, it happens. Um, and then, I don't really know. You could pick up, if Patty Mills doesn't, doesn't accept his player option, there's another uh, presence, veteran presence, um, and I think, you know, perimeter shooting could be good for this team as well. Um, maybe going after um, Kendrick Nunn if he doesn't want to play for the Lakers anymore, or even a Corey Joseph, who, I mean... He's not going to do much, but he's a veteran. And having veteran presence with a bunch of young guys can really help in a way. But also going after someone with more playoff experience who's a veteran. So going after someone like, hmm, Udonis Haslam. <laughs> he won't ever leave the Heat. I'm sure he'll retire this year. Um, They've already had Rajon Rondo there, but I think if you brought him back, um, De'Aaron Fox is a little older now. I don't think that would be bad at all. And then um, maybe picking up someone like hmm, Austin Rivers. I mean, he hasn't been in very many winning situations either. But I think that still could be great for your team. Oh, wow. Um, going on to our next topic. The Lakers locker room drama. So Malik Monk reported that him and Austin Reeves have bonded over veterans yelling at him. And do I think that is ridiculous? Yes. Um, my big thing about this is why the team has been so unsuccessful. I think, number one, they just haven't fit well together. But number two, I think there's been no self-credibility. I think there's been a lot of pointing fingers. Like, one night, it's like, all right, Russ, you shot bad. And then you're pointing fingers at THT because he had... He shot bad as well. Austin Reeves missed this shot, and you're pointing at Malik Monk because he shot 40% instead of 50%. You're pointing at AD because he's hurt. And I'm like, where's the self-credibility? Russ, you take it. You take it. You know, everybody has their faults in games. It's a team sport. That That's why I disagree with the Timberwolves coming at Russ as well because it's like, well, it's not just Russ's fault that this Lakers team isn't that good. It. It's the whole team's fault, and it's really the front office's fault for the way they built this bench, because the bench, this has been one of the worst free agencies I've seen for a team, because, I don't know, it just is, but, um, Malik Monk came out with this, and it was like, he said the older guys have been yelling at the rookies and the younger guys saying it's their fault, and you know, you can't do that. Pride is the devil. 
And a lot of these older guys on this Laker team are really prideful of themselves, which is not okay because that means they're going to go out here pointing fingers at everybody else but themselves. They're not going to apologize. They're not going to once say it was my fault. LeBron tweets out, we'll be better, but you know LeBron's not talking about himself because he's in there probably yelling at everybody too. And a lot of people are going to say, well, LeBron can, but okay. Well, you know, I still believe LeBron's the best player to ever do it, but man... LeBron's got to get a little bit of blame here, too. LeBron's on the team. Sure, LeBron's trying his heart out, man. And I'm not going to say LeBron hasn't been bad. Or I'm not going to say LeBron hasn't been good because he's been great. But I still think there's probably some things you could blame LeBron for, too. Like not getting back on offense. Sometimes they're not getting back on defense. And the whole team has had problems with that as well. So, I mean, effort and self-credibility, I think, are really what is killing this team. And this is why they will not win a play-in game. And this is why they never have a chance to make a playoff run because they point fingers and they blame others. And this is why you do not have a chance. And it frustrates me because it's a team sport and you're going to sit here and you're going to have this big ego about yourself when you really shouldn't. Look at where you're at. 10 games back, 11 games back. (laughs) Like, sitting barely ninth seed. They're probably 10th seed now fighting for a play playing game with a bunch of superstars, self-proclaimed superstars. Like you got to start blaming yourself as well because it is so ridiculous and you need to take you need to take some responsibility. You need to say, "Hey, my bad, I'll step up." "Hey, my bad, I'll step up." Not, "Hey, you need to get better. You need to get better." No. Quit throwing out you 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 and say, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry." We 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 not you, not you. No. You need the letter, you need the word we and you need to say I'm sorry. I can do better. I can step up. And this is why this team absolutely will not win a playoff game or a playing game because they can't play together and they blame each other. It is the most sickening team to watch sometimes the way they act towards each other. In my opinion, and it's all opinionated, but I'm just being honest. I think it is so ridiculous. You need to be better. Alright, so going into the rookies now, because that just frustrated me, but um so of course Evan Mowie sitting at number one on the rookie of the year ladder. And I think Evan Mowie absolutely has been the best rookie this year. Sitting at about fifteen points per game, eight rebounds, three assists, and since the last ladder where he was number one, he's been averaging twenty two points, nine rebounds, two assists. And every, um, this is something we're going to do on the podcast as well. Every week when a new ladder comes out for MVP, and de- I think Defensive Player of the Year is monthly, and then for Rookie of the Year, we're going to, uh, right the day they come out, we'll do a podcast over them. Um, but I think Evan Mobley is definitely number one, no doubt. Number two, Cade Cunningham. Can't really argue with this either. 16.5 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. And since the last ladder, where he was number two, he's been averaging 24 points per game, seven rebounds, and seven assists. Great basketball, and I think Cade or Mobley both have... I think both those guys probably have the most potential out of anybody in this draft, but I think this is one of the most stacked drafts we've seen. We even saw a lot of great, great role players drafted in the later rounds, which is not very common for the draft. So I think this draft's one of the best drafts. Um, Scotty Barnes, who I believe should have been a top three, I think Jalen Brown or Jalen Green should have fell out of that. Um, should have fell out of that top five or top three, but I also can't argue it because 
Jalen Green has a lot of potential as well. Scotty Barnes sitting at about 15 points per game, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. Since the last ladder where he was sitting number 3, 20 points per game, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. And you really just kind of have a lock-in now for who it is and whatnot. So, um, sorry, I was checking something here. Um, but you kind of have a lock-in towards this time of year about who really will win Rookie of the Year. And, you know, talking about um, Scotty Barnes as well, he's been really great for the Toronto team. Um, got a lot of upside to him. Very athletic as well. So, coming in at number four, Franz Wagner from Orlando, sitting at about 16 points per game, five rebounds, three assists. You know, I think he's probably the steal of the lottery sitting at number eight. I think he probably should have been top five as well. Um, kind of salty. The Thunder didn't pick him up, but the Thunder got someone great in Josh Giddy as well. That's what I'm saying. This draft, this draft seems so stacked, and I really think it is, honestly. Um, but... Franz Wagner, I think, really still at the lottery, coming in at number eight. Um, Jalen Green coming in at number five, number two pick. 16 points per game, three rebounds, three assists. Since the last ladder, averaging 20 points per game, two rebounds, four assists. Um, but seeing that his, um, you know, the team has won more games without him. Of course, he's a rookie, so you can't really take that too serious. Um, but... I think I think he's got a lot of um I think he's got a lot of a lot of um Sorry, I was reading this here. So Green Houston plays better when Green isn't playing with a plus minus of negative 9.3 and that is crazy. Um but he's also a rookie, so I mean, you can't take that too too much, but very athletic player, but I think uh, he should be sitting out of the top five for rookie of the year, and I think Josh Giddy should be five, and I think he would be if he doesn't have this since the last ladder did not play. He's been um, injury, so he's been injured a little bit. So sitting at about 13 points per game, eight rebounds, six assists for the season. I mean, great, and I think the Thunder got a really good player in Josh Giddy, really great facilitator who's just kind of like a Swiss Army knife. Um, the only thing I think uh, could help them is he gets a little better defensively, and I think that would really set them up well. Herbert Jones, a steal of the draft at number 35. Great defensive player. I mean, great, great, great defensive player. Averaging about 10 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, but come already has 100 steals. Wow. And then Dasunamu from the Chicago Bulls. I do struggle with his name. I hope y'all laugh when I say it. Another steal of the draft coming in at number 38. Averaging about 9 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. I think, um, you know, he's shooting about 39% from three field from the 3. That's pretty great. And I think um, his per- perimeter defense is great as well. And I think um, he's really a steal. And I think he's really stepped up when they needed him to with all the injuries that happened this season. Then we've got Jonathan Kaminga coming in at number 9. Um... I think Kaminga is going to be very, very, very good. I just think, you know, a lot of people are doubting him right now, especially being the seventh pick and only averaging nine points, three rebounds, one assist. But I think we have to take that light heart, lightheartedly because 
he's sitting behind a lot of great players right now. So I think just wait and see. I mean, since the last ladder, he's averaging 16 points per game, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. And we really need to be on watch since Steph Curry got hurt. We really need to watch this kid and see what he's going to do. Chris Duarte coming in at 10, 13 points per game, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Coming in at number 13, I don't think he's a bad pick for the Indiana Pacers. And I think they got a solid wing player in him. Davion Mitchell coming in at 11. Really great defensive player. Um, 10 points per game, 2 rebounds, 3 assists. And he's just played great defense all year. Bones Highland, another steal of the draft coming in at number 26. 9 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists. And I think I mentioned it the other day in my, on like one of my first or second podcasts. Bones Highland's a really great player, and I really do think he was a steal. Um, you know, watching him against the 76ers, fourth, four fourth quarter threes against the 76ers to ice the game, to win the game, that was crazy. And I think this kid has a lot of upside and potential to him as well. So, that being said, we're going to get to the last part of our podcast tonight um, with my most surprising players this season. Coming in at number one, DeMar DeRozan. Sure, we expected a lot of big things from DeMar DeRozan. We know he's a great player, but we did not expect this MVP caliber season with the Bulls. He was actually rated one of the worst free agent signings this summer. And he's came out... Man, he's actually even hit game-winning threes. When have we seen DeMar DeRozan really do that? Averaging 28 points on 50% field goal shooting, 35 from 3, but he averages about 2 a game, two, 2 attempts per game, so not much. My number 2 most surprising player, John Morant, the way he's taken a big step up as a leader and a scorer for this team, sitting at about 27.6 points per game with about 49% from the field, 34 from 3, um, 76 from the line. I think he could become a better uh, free throw shooter, but... You know, this kid's having an MVP season, and there's not too much to say about him. He's just a crazy freak athlete player who's got a lot of upside to him. Coming in his third year of the league, I don't think we really expected him to carry that Memphis team to a number two spot in the West, but he has. Coming in at number three for my most surprising players this season would have to be the way De'Aaron Fox has stepped up in the later stages of the season. I can't really say he was amazing all season and really surprised me all season, but he has surprised me lately with the kind of numbers he's been putting up. Um, I think if he really improved his consistency from three, it would make him a better um, player in the league, but we're looking at a um, future superstar who is going to really turn around this uh, Kings team eventually. Um, coming in at number four, I mean, I guess you could tie De'Aaron Fox in my number four spot, Carl Anthony Towns, who is averaging 25 points, who has had a 60-point game season this season, who has been shooting great. Man, he's just the best shooting center in the league, shooting about 41% from three, 52% from the field. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, definitely going to be a future top three center, if not already, but he's definitely up there already but I think he still has a lot of um growing to do which is kind of scary because he's going to be a a great player he already is a great player that's what I'm trying to get at but I still think he has a lot of potential to fulfill so he's also one of my most surprising this season but I guess 
Darius Garland's got to be in my top three, so I'm throwing De'Aaron Fox out of my top three, and I'm putting De'Aaron at five. Darius Garland at three. Oh my gosh, the way he has stepped up, nobody saw this coming. And now the Cavs have their superstar point guard. I think someone who's going to be um, Cleveland's superstar for a long time, Darius Garland. They've got a core going with Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and um, why did Jared Allen, his name slipped my head, I'm sorry. They have a big three, and I think this team in the next couple years will be in the finals, if not next year. I think we've just got to see a little bit of um, consistency from Mobley and Darius Garland, a little bit of improvement in consistency-wise, and then I believe they will be contenders. Um, and then I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna talk about one more player who has really surprised me. Actually, two more players who have really surprised me this season, which would be number that being Dejounte Murray. Um, I think he's really just a big candidate for most improved. The next two guys I talk about should probably be in the next most improved with Darius Garland as well. Dejounte Murray averaging about twenty one, seven and eight, seven rebounds, eight assists. Um, oh no, nine assists, eight rebounds, nine assists. I'm sorry, I was looking at the wrong thing. And I think he's really just been great for the Spurs team and showing them that hey, I am your guy. Start building around me. Let's go. Let's do this thing. And I think. They have found their superstar point guard in DeJounte Murray and their piece to build around, so they better do it now. Great defensive point guard who's great on the offensive end, too. If he gets a little bit more efficient, wow, this kid's going to be scary. And then Miles Bridges, who has really stepped up stepped up in a big way this year as well. 20 points per game on about 48% shooting, 32% from three, 80% from the free throw line, which is really great. And then... um sitting at about seven rebounds per game. I think this kid is going to be amazing. And I think him and Lamelo are going to make a good duo if they keep them alongside each other. I think they are great and destined to be a great team eventually with Bridges and Lamelo leading the charge. So that'll be it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me on episode five. Um, stay tuned for episode, episode six tomorrow. I hope you enjoyed. And as always, leave suggestions in the comments. Thank you.